I don't know if uh, you guys know this, but um, I'm your pastor, and... Um, and so you kind of, as a pastor, you have all these different things that people expect from you. You know, they expect you to know the Bible pretty well. Um, they expect that you have, that you can offer advice that's pretty close to accurate. Um, you know, they expect that you're not going to, you know, rob a liquor store or do something like that. Um, but one of the things that I struggle with as a pastor, uh, and I have my whole life, is anxiety. Now, I'm not clinically depressed or uh, have, like, I, I get so anxious uh, that I, it becomes debilitating. So I know that, I know that for some of you, that's the case. And so um, I don't mean to make it less than, but um, um, I, I, if, if you wanted me to, I could be anxious about something just like this. Like you, you can mention something. You could mention something about the campus. I'll get anxious over it. You mentioned something about the carnival. Already anxious about it. Uh, you can mention, any, you know, just about all these different things. It's just, it's, it's how it stems from when I was a little kid. Uh, and just my life was just, I grew up in uncertainty. And so, uh, uh, and I'm sure as most of you had with whatever your family of origin was, but I, I just grew up in uncertainty. And so it's something that I preach on uh, once a year to remind myself how to deal with it, <laughs> okay? And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're starting a new, it's, we're going to do something wacky that we've never done before. We're actually going to, I'm going to give you a little teaser to our new series that's actually starting in two weeks. Um, but I, I liked the graphic so much that I... I ended up uh, wanting to kind of uh, plant the seeds of what we're going to be talking about uh, in a, it'll be about a five or six week series starting in the beginning of uh, July because I think I'm not alone. I think maybe you're not anxious about a whole bunch of stuff but there's probably one thing that one child or that one country or that one thing that, that when you talk about it, maybe it's that one bill that comes in the mail that you don't even want to open it because you know the number down at the bottom right hand corner is a number you will not be paying off that month. And so when you get that bill in the mail or you get that reminder, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's something at work, maybe I just said work and you're like, oh that's tomorrow, ah. And it makes you anxious. I think this is a human condition. And I think that's why the Bible talks about it so much. Because as humans, we can't see the future. As humans, we can't, what do we say all the time here at church? You have not been, are not now, and never ever will be in control. But as humans, we want to be in control. We want certainty. We want to know where that next thing is coming from. And so what I wanted to talk about uh, this morning is just to, to plant the seed in your mind so that over the next couple weeks you can begin to be really keen as you look through your life to go, what are the things that cause me anxiety? If you don't have any anxiety at all, great. I'll just give you some tools to give to somebody who does. Um, here's what the Bible says in Proverbs. It says, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. And so what he's talking about is we have this tendency towards waywardness. 
Uh, instead of rushing to Christ, instead of uh, going to him as our foundation, him as our supply, we tend to go wayward. And the Bible will talk about uh, following other gods, uh, if you will. It was just uh, the, the way they'd say it in antiquity was uh, following other gods in our, in our idols. And in our language, it would just be um, using something else other than God in order to try to satisfy a need. And it's just common. The other thing is complacency. We, we settle for the way things are right now. We, we don't fight for that relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so he says these, the, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them. Uh, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety. And I love this. And be at ease. Without fear or harm. I um, made the mistake this week of uh, reading the news. Um, I try to avoid it at all costs. I would rather not know anything. You say, well, how do you stay informed? I don't want to be informed, okay? I, I just, I don't, I already have enough floating around in this cranium. I don't need to know what's happening at some place in the world that I can't, I can't fix. Um, but... Uh, what, what I noticed and what you probably already know is that uh, good news doesn't really sell. You, you don't really click on, you know, stories that have good news. Bad news sells much better. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't say, you know, if, you, if you're watching the news and they, they say, up next, we interview someone who got to work safely and their day went great. You're like, well, I, I want to see a car crash or something, you know, a, a police chase. Or, that is actually my favorite news, by the way, if there's a police chase. I don't know why. I just, I could watch them for hours. But, uh... And so, um, so I, there's just a lot of anxiety. And then I made another mistake. Uh, I, 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 after watching the news, um, I went on social media um, because I was very interested in everybody's opinion about the news and everybody's take on it. And so between the news and social media, uh, I found that anxiety began building up. And so I'm going to share with you some tips and techniques on how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with stress. And it's found in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And as Paul is writing, it's really, Philippians is really not a book. It's a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Philippi, thanking them for a donation that they had given to his ministry. And so uh, Paul writes this letter and he just tells him, hey, thank you. You guys have been faithful. And he's going through all these things. And then he gets to this part, uh, the, the, a little set of instructions. And here's the instruction. As I read the news, I should have done this. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Did you hear that? Rejoice in the Lord. How often? You guys are so fast. I'm done. I don't have anything else to teach. This was it. That was all. I, I was, uh, and watch what he says. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Rejoice. Now the first line is super clear. It's like really clear. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Always. Oh, wait a minute. What about... 
What about if my finances aren't right? Doesn't matter, rejoice. What happens if I'm, I'm in an argument with my spouse? It doesn't matter, rejoice. How often? Always. And then he says, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. And here's what I found in my own life. When I am focused on the future or the situation or the thing I can't control, I begin to lose my joy. And as I lose my joy, it gets replaced with anxiety. And so when Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, he's setting a tone of a life of rejoicing. A life of, of, of focusing in on that source of joy, which is God. And then he switches to this really, you wouldn't expect it, but he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. That there's a certain thing about following Christ. That Christians, followers of Jesus, are supposed to be gentle, not outraged, not having to be right, not having to get our points across, not having to worry about what's going on in the world. We're gentle. And so he begins with this, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it one more time, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And then he launches into one of the most famous verses in the Bible. And this is what we're going to be focusing on this morning. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Anything? <laughs> anything. My finances? Oh, if you'd oh man, if you had seen it. Nope. Don't be anxious about that. Well, what, what about the future? What about, oh, we got this person in office and these people in office and these people. I, mean, I can be anxious about like the world and like world powers, right? No. Okay. I, I have a report that is due on Wednesday and my boss is a tyrant. And if I don't get this report done and it's not what, oh, he or she are going to go crazy. And, and I can be anxious about that, right? No. Oh, what about my kids? Can I be anxious about my kids? I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to be successful. I don't know if they're going to get married or going to get divorced or whatever. I mean, I can just, I can be anxious about my kids, right? No. As a matter of fact, what we talked about last week was there actually is something you can be anxious about. And it's a concern for each other. That's what he says. Paul, he, later on in this, um, uh, in this book, says, I'm going to send Timothy to you because there's nobody else I have of kindred spirit that will be generally, uh, genuinely anxious about you. Wanting to say, how are you doing in your walk with Christ? That's about the only anxiety the Bible lets us have. And so if you want to be anxious for your kids or another human being, be anxious that they are moving forward towards their relationship with Christ. But you can't be anxious about what they're going to do, where, how they're going to end up, all that. That's be anxious. Don't be anxious about that. Oh, what about my health? I got this thing right here and I don't know, it feels like a growth and I, I, man, I got to go take it. I can worry about that, right? No, you can't. The Bible says this, be anxious, don't be anxious about anything. The New American Standard says it this way, just in case you want to read another version of the Bible. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> right? So you can either not be anxious about anything or be anxious for nothing. You can pick which one you want to do. But that's what the Bible says. Now watch what it goes on. 
But in every situation, in every situation, so you, what Paul's saying is, don't avoid situations. You don't have to avoid them. You don't have to try to spend your whole life just being comfortable. That things are going to happen. Situations are going to happen. Your jo- you will have a job that is very stressful. You might have a relationship that is very stressful. You might have a neighbor uh, that is very stressful. But in those situations, watch what he says. By prayer and petition. By prayer and petition. I started thinking about, I was thinking about preaching this week and I started every time because when I preach I'm always really cognizant of what, how my life is going to see, you know, how the Bible matches up with what I'm preaching and what I'm doing. <laughs> if, if I, if, you know, practicing what I preach. And I noticed that I spend much more time being anxious than I do praying. Much, much more time. Like, I'll be anxious and then I'll, like, if I'm thinking straight, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I got to pray about that. And then this is what comes into your pastor's mind, okay? This comes into your, you have a pastor who thinks the next thought is this. Well, that's not going to help me solve it, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> right? Because I'm human. I'm like, well, I could pray about it, but he already knows about it. And besides, I got to get this stuff done. And if I get it, I got to call this person. I got to call that person. If I had spent that time praying, what would, what would happen? My heart would change. I would go back to rejoicing. I have a, I have a Evernote um, thing. Evernote's this database program you can put on your phone and all that. And, uh, I have a note and it's a list and it says stuff I'm stressed about. Okay? So I keep, the, I keep a running list of all the things I'm stressed about. You're gonna, you guys are going to find another church by the end of this sermon. I can just tell. <laughs> so I go through that list. You know why I keep a list? Because I put next to them, done, 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 done. God has been faithful in every single thing. He's walked me through every single thing. All he's requiring is that we invite him into the process. Through prayer and petition, we say, Lord... I know I'm stressed right now. I know I'm anxious right now. I know I have no reason to be anxious. I know that you said, do not be anxious about anything. Or be anxious for nothing. And so, God, I'm going to give this to you. Now, watch the very next sentence. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That there's a sense that we're thanking God for something he hasn't done yet. Or we're remembering what he has done. God, I have, I have seen you work so many times in my life. I, you, you've, gone, you've helped me through this time in my life. You've helped me through this. You've helped me through this. Oh my gosh, remember when I was nervous about this? That turned out fine. Remember when I was nervous about that thing? It turned out even worse. But that turned out okay. It's like you were just guiding with me. God, thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to walk with you through a season of my life. That's what I think Paul is trying to get us to do. I preached a sermon a couple years ago and uh, I was going to write it down but I thought that would be cheating since it was the same point. <laughs> but uh, every anxious thought is a call to prayer. 
Every anxious thought is a call to prayer. So you, you get, you get um, um, nervous about something and that's, that's it. That's your call to prayer. Like, hey, oh great. My, I have a friend who's a missionary in um, Indonesia. And um, they have, it's a Muslim country. And so they sound this alarm and this, this singing at 4 o'clock in the morning. And it's a call to prayer. And I said, oh my goodness. What? Like four in the morning, what do, you, what do you do when that thing goes off? Do you like put a pillow over your head? Do you like shove cotton balls into your ears or whatever? And, and he said, no, it's a call to prayer. I pray. I'm like, oh yeah, there's that. Uh, you, you, you can always do that during a call to prayer. I mean, just different religion, but that's what he does. It's that, that noise, he just, it, it, he uses it for his call to prayer. That's what anxiety is. It's a call to go, I cannot solve this problem. I cannot fix my children. I can't direct my boss to be nicer. I can't do any of that. And so, I'm going to, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, watch what he says, present your requests to God. There's kind of a sense that what Paul's saying is, you got this thing that's making you anxious. Let's call it retirement. Okay, whatever, whatever you want it, want it to be. For those of you who aren't retired, who are, are nervous about your retirement or whatever, and you think, oh, how, how are we going to make it? And so you have it, and, and, and you're holding it close, and you're nervous about it, and you're trying to plan, and you're trying to strive, and you're trying to figure out, how can I make sure that I retire well, and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's almost like the Lord is going, what you got? <laughs> and you're like, Nothing. It's, it's my retirement. I'm trying to work on it. Please, if you can, you know. You're like, oh, let me, let me see it. No, it's, it's, it's too big for you. It really is. It's just, you haven't seen anything like this. This is, I know you've helped through other people through retirement. I get it. But this is nothing you don't want to say. Come on, come on, come on. Open it up. Let me see. I just want to take a look at it. I, I promise I won't do anything. I just want to see it. And you, you know, and you're like, okay. There we go. Now I'll go back and I'll, I'll, I'll get it fixed. And he says, oh, I've seen way worse than that. Here, let me see. Come on, bring it over here. And, and it's almost like we begin to, instead of presenting our requests to God, we present God to our requests. And we look at those things and we say, how can God be so good that he even cares about this? How, how can God be so good that... that as embarrassing as my concerns are, and maybe I'm anxious over some little thing or some big thing or whatever, that, that God is so good to say, I, I want to see that. Come here, just hand it over to me. I've, I've seen many people through that stuff before. You know, you're worried about one of your kids. Oh, God has seen people through the worst kids you could imagine. Trust me. Um, and, and so, uh, that was a joke. I just, what, anyway, uh, and so God just takes those things and says, let's travel together through this season. Let's work on this together. And so we rejoice and with thanksgiving, we present these requests to God. We present God to our requests. And with the enormity of who God is. And with the faithfulness that he has shown us in the past and as we move forward, that thing begins to shrink. And we begin to say, you know what? I would rather go through retirement poor, 
close to Jesus than I would have all the riches in the world and not have him right by my side. And so as we begin to present those requests to God, God begins to change our heart. And the things begin to look small. And we begin to see how faithful he's been in the past. And they have no more power. As a matter of fact, it goes on. You, 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 um, you're not anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you present your requests to God. Now, that's the only qualifier. And that, isn't that interesting that the only qualifier is you just have to present them to God. You just have to be in an attitude of prayer as you re, begin to be anxious about that. And watch. And the peace of God. <laughs> Can you believe that? We're talking about, see, God does not get rattled at what rattles us. We come to him with this thing and we say, it's so big. It's the worst thing in the world. And he just, he, he, he's just like, we can go through this. We can get it. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. I have had it happen to me many times. Where I will be praying about something and nothing has changed. Not one thing in the situation. And yet all of a sudden, just this wave of peace, knowing that I am secure in relationship with my heavenly father and he's got me no matter what this peace of god and he he moves on and and qualifies that um peace of god he says which surpasses or transcends all understanding new american standard says uh which surpasses all comprehension that this peace doesn't make any sense it's like sneaky peace <laughs> It just like is creeping around and sneaks up on you and you go, I'm not worried about this anymore. My heavenly father's got me. It doesn't make any sense. Someone might even say, hey, how, how, how's that thing going? You were so nervous about your house or your finding a wife or finding a husband or this or that. Or, how's that going? And you go, you know what? It's going great. Well, what's changed? Nothing. It doesn't make any sense. Except by giving these things over to God, getting in the habit of making anxiety a call to prayer, giving these things over to him daily, hourly, minutely, secondedly, however small you want to get it down to. As I begin to get into that process, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will, ends up guarding my heart and my mind. This word uh, guard is really cool. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, the Greek, you know, oftentimes, you know, the Bible was, most of it was written in Greek in the New Testament and then we've translated it to English and so sometimes there's words in the Greek um, that have a, 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 maybe a broader or um, a, a different meaning. Not different in the sense that the Bible, you can't trust what it says, but there's a richer word here for guard and, and what it is, it's like a century looking out to see what's coming. It's a century that looks out. And, and, to, and then to fight. So that the city is not besieged. But it also means a century that is there. To keep the inhabitants from fleeing. <laughs> so there's this idea that the peace of God. Does two things. It assesses. And says. Okay. This is coming. 
It's going to be hard. We're going to have to rally troops to this one location. I was watching a, a thing on the um, Great Wall of China. And uh, it was really cool because they, uh, they'd be, uh, nomads would come and raid the different parts of the, of the wall. And so they had these um, complicated flag systems. And so if a flag went up over there, you knew that the raiders were over there. And so everybody would converge because they had these sentries that were keeping watch out. And they'd clear all the brush and everything for a long way so that they knew what was coming. And God does the same thing. The peace of Christ says, okay. You've been through something like this before. You know someone who's been through it. This is, we're assessing the thing. Now don't go anywhere. Because you're going to want to flee. You're going to want to run. You're going to want to escape. You're going to want to fix it. You're going to, but stand firm with me. He does that over our hearts and our minds. If we would just give it over to him. Daily. Hourly. Secondly, someone's going to show me what that word is. You can text me right now. I got my phone. Whatever you say for seconds. Watch this. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what's fascinating to me? Jesus, when you look at his life, it says in the Bible that oftentimes they were so busy that he, didn't ha- he and his disciples didn't even have time to eat. Okay? He, he, he traveled everywhere on foot. Okay? He was completely exposed to all the elements. He had people in power directly going against his ministry. Directly going against him. He was struggling with all the temptations that you and I have. And yet was found faithful and sinless. He would have people come up to him to be healed. And he had to heal them on the spot. He had, one time there was 5,000 men, even more women and children, that were, had nothing to eat. Like, like his ministry would, was under conflict. And he had Pharisees coming and questioning how he was doing as a rabbi. And how, why his disciples wouldn't act the way that their disciples would act. All these types of things. He had people questioning him, saying, oh, you're a sinner. You hang out with sinners. Partiers. I cannot for the life of me, when I read all four Gospels, I never see Jesus stressed out. (laughs) You never see him like the Pharisees coming. Jesus is like looking at the disciples going, oh man, here they come. Okay. All right. Let's see. So Peter, why don't you, you know, he's just like, what's up guys? Do you know why? Because he followed this. He went to his heavenly father. He didn't say or do anything his heavenly father didn't ask him to say or do. And this is what he wants us to do. This is why it says he'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As Christians, we are, what it literally means is little Christ. And what did he do? Woke up early in the morning, spent time with his heavenly father. Did everything his heavenly father asked him to do. Knew his heavenly father was in complete control. Do you know that your heavenly father is in complete control? It might mean that he allows you to go through some things. It might mean that he allows me to go through some things. It might mean that those are seasons and maybe those seasons are longer or what have you. But he's in control. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now there's one other thing that I've found to be true and it's found in uh, verse 8. He ends with this. Finally, brothers and sisters. Now what he's doing is that he already talked about what happens when you initially get that, that anxiety. You present your request to God. Okay? With thanksgiving. Knowing that the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and so you'd think that he would just end there. That just, yeah, uh, maybe, the, maybe a nice Christian platitude would be, well, have you prayed about it? <laughs> you know, did you pray about it? And, like that, and we could end there. But he goes on, and this is very fascinating. Because the Bible speaks a lot about what you need to do in a time of crisis and then how to protect yourself from a time of crisis. And that's why we, we, we named the series Wisdom, uh, uh, Worry versus Wisdom. Because worry doesn't accomplish anything, but wisdom does. And so what he's going to do is put a bookend on what you can be doing now if you're not in a time of anxiety. And here's what he says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, he's going to start this list. Whatever is uh, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, or another translation says, good repute. So he's making this list of qualifiers, these things, these whatevers, okay? True, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, honorable or noble. Watch what he says. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy... Think about such things. Can you imagine the perspective you've ha- you'd have in life if we just followed that? Is it true? I don't know. I can't prove it. Then don't, don't worry about thinking about it. Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it worthy of praise? Is it excellent? Then don't fill your mind with it. (laughs) If it's not not those things, then there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason to have it entering your mind. Now, to the extent that I'm able to follow that, I find myself getting calmer. (laughs) I find myself getting less anxious. So when anxiety comes and I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, ah, here it is. It's super embarrassing there. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. I've seen billions of those. Here, give it to me. We'll, we'll work through that. As I begin to then guard my heart and my mind with the peace of Christ and then begin to, with my wisdom, go, you know what? I'm going to stop watching that. I'm going to stop reading that. I'm going to stop listening to that. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it's uh, something that is, is super harmful. Lisa and I had this conversation uh, just this week. I was telling her, I, I think I need to stop listening to this podcast. And, um, and she's like, what, what, what podcast? It was like sports talk. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I hope not. Anyway. 
But it was just that it was just nonsense. It was not important. It was, it, it, I mean, it, it wasn't any of those. It wasn't excellent or worthy of praise or anything like that. It was just, it was just filler. So here's what I want to do. I've mentioned some things that I, I get anxious about and I have different top periods of my life where I, I have victory over that and I'm not worried about anything and I have other times where uh, you know things can creep up because I haven't brought it to the Lord enough and I, I have let things enter into my mind that that sidetracked me that make me wayward or complacent like we read about in Proverbs when we first came but I wanted to give you a really practical way to present your request to God. Can I have one of the uh, inserts where it says, Jesus, my, I'm very anxious. No, it's, a, it's right under that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, appreciate it. Okay. She says, stop. Okay. Because I was going to mention something. Okay. It says, Jesus, I'm very anxious about. Okay. So if you have something you're going through, I want you to write it down. So let's say, I'll, I'll, I'll pick something. Um, I am very anxious about where LeBron is going to end up. <laughs> okay, that's, that's it. Anyway, so I take that. Uh, okay, no, I'm kidding. Let's say it's something real for your finances or whatever. And now you've got it. And you're going to say, I'm going to present this to God. Well, we actually have, it, it's, we're a church, so we actually have a direct line to God, okay? And it's in this little um, uh, mail slot. And so what you're going to do is you're going to take that, uh, as uh, the worship band will come up and they'll be playing, all that kind of stuff, and you put it in this mail slot right here. Now, what you hear churning around in there is it's a very spiritual mechanism. And what it's doing is it's taking all those anxious thoughts and it's formulating them into a thing that God can read on his end. It's like a fax machine, kind of. And here's the great thing about it. Once you place it in there, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's made its way, it's, I don't know how it works, but it just makes its way directly to God. It's like a little thing. It's, it's it, quite frankly, it's a miracle, okay? And we happen to have one. It was very expensive. And so, uh, as the worship band comes back up, and we, uh, we finish up, I want you to write that down. And I've been joking about it, you know. Uh, but this is what it's about, is to release it. To, to take these things and to present them to God and say, God, what's behind this piece of paper is very, very important. I'm very anxious about it. But I know that you are greater than whatever this is. Whether it's my career or my relationships or whatever it is, I know you are greater. 